Welcome to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies with John Balserac. John has been in the financial services industry for over 20 years and has dedicated his business career to helping families accomplish their financial goals by focusing on their core values, which involve balance and clarity of all four asset classes, financial, intellectual, social, and human. Contact John Balserac at 888-949-7475 or on the web at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. And now here's John to help you create lifestyles and build legacies. And welcome back to another show of Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. I'm your host, John Balserac, with A4 Wealth Advisors, and my co-host, the one and only, the amazing Mr. Tony Shore. Tony, how are you today? I'm doing great. Wow, what a great introduction today. I know. John. Yeah, great to see you. I might turn the show over to you today and just have you do the whole thing. No, no, let's not do that. We want a good show. We want our listeners to learn something about finances. Now, if they want to learn something about pizza or record collecting, then I'm your guy. I hear you. I hear you. We got a great um, podcast today. It's going to be tips to reduce spending and how to avoid wasteful spending. Um, A lot of listeners out there might understand what I'm talking about. Uh, many couples, you may have one person who's a big saver, one who's a big spender, um, but we want to help people achieve their financial goals. And a lot of times, if, um, if your outflow is more than your inflow, that there's no discretionary income, you can't save, you can't invest, and you really can't move your financial plan forward. So we yeah. think it's going to be a great topic today, Tony. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, obviously, this is something I think we all struggle with and um, you know, I'm always excited to join you and expand my knowledge of personal finances. Well, that's fantastic because that's what we're going to talk about. So, uh, you know, a lot of personal financial advice can be lumped into two phrases, um, spend less and save more. You've probably yeah. heard that, Tony, right? Uh, a lot. Yeah. And often financial experts focus either on uh, what could have been saved or what's been spent. Uh, but today we're going to focus on the positive, not the negative. And today's episode looks at a group of Americans who have recently cut their spending, and that group is larger than you might think. Oh, wow. Well, that is some good news, and I'm glad we're focusing on the positive today. I love it. So, John, where do we start with this, uh, reducing spending and avoid? how do we avoid wasteful spending? So we're going to start, as we always do, Tony, by mentioning our source for the information fueling today's discussion. Uh, The data comes from a July 2019 article from The Motley Fool, which we reference a lot, and it's 33% of Americans slashed their spending this past year. Here's how you can do it. So, you know, because a lot of people out there think, well, John, I've tried to do this and I'm spending too much. I never can get my finances under control. Why well, we think that there's ways that you can. And we're going to look at each of the three tips from the article in depth. But first, you know, what are some of the reasons that people might be looking to cut back on expenses? Oh, that's a good question, John. And I, I mean, I, I would imagine the possibilities are nearly endless, uh, maybe so they have more money to spend on pizza. Uh, but what does the article actually say? Well, the reasons cited in the article were a lot, or I'm sorry, a loss of job or income, 
um, newly acquired debt, and fear of possible future downturn in the economy. So I'm going to you know, go over this again. Loss of job or loss of income, which is the same thing. Newly acquired debt, fear of possible downturn in the economy. So it's likely that you're encountered some, if not all, for listeners out there of these scenarios. Um, and if you're lucky enough to avoid these factors, these tips can still be valuable for your personal finances. Well, yeah, and wow, you're right. We've probably all encountered that. I mean, that's pretty common these days, and it's in the news. I mean, a possible future downturn in the economy. We've had some scares recently with the inverted yield curves, and there are good economic signs right now, but there are also indicators that, uh, you know, uh, a downturn There's in the market. Early- there's early warning lights going off, yeah. But uh, you know, nothing major significant. But you know, there are you know, inverted yield curve typically precedes a recession. You know, historically, yeah. Doesn't mean it's absolute, but historically, it does precede. And then, yeah, I mean, a lot of things going on out there, right? I mean, but people talk about downturns always happening, and for the last ten years, they've been talking about it. And it's been a bull market. Yeah. Um, you know, if you were completely um, scared on the sideline that whole time, you would have lost, you know, you know, almost a 300% return depending upon how you were invested. Yeah. I mean, so, if you panicked in 2007, eight, nine, 2008 and nine, when yeah, the market went to cash and, and stayed in out. cash because you, Hey, the next down, you know, you would, you would have lost one of the best bull markets ever. So yeah, I think it's important to take things with a grain of salt, Tony. I mean, you know, China has been, you know, manipulating their currency for a very long time. Yeah. Um, you know, the trade war is probably not going to go away unless maybe Trump gets reelected. Then they know they're going to have to make a deal where maybe right now they're hoping on maybe there's going to be a new president. So, we're, you know, I think if you look at the last 150 years, I mean, markets have had political risk. They've had these things happen. Um, but I think that when we talk about spending, you know, and, and, and having the ability to save, What's the first step? Well, number one, you have to follow some type of budget, okay? Oh, yeah, you use um, the B word. Budget. I use the B word, you know? A lot of people don't like that. I was but... going to get you one of those uh, shock collars, and every time you go into a pizza hut, I was going to shock you, Tony. You think that would work? Yeah, that might work. That might keep me from spending That's, too much money. That's shock pizza. therapy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, you know, and budgets aren't bad, but, I mean, how can you really do anything if you don't plan? I mean, could you imagine, yeah. like, building a skyscraper without a budget or running a no. company without a budget no. or, you know, even within our company, you know, how much we spend on our marketing and our people and benefits and all this. I mean, you have to, you have to know what numbers look like and how they're going to play out. And sometimes they don't play out perfectly, but then you tweak them and you tweak them again. Um, I'd add that for many people out there, a preliminary step would be creating a budget because you have to have that. And you can easily create a budget by looking through your recent bank and credit card statements. You know, today, with technology, they 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 give you a pie graph at the end of the month. They say, well, you spent this much on gas, you know, this much at the grocery store, this much on eating out or entertainment cost. Um, and you can really dial that in. And if you're married, you can say, honey, we spent way too much entertainment this month. Um, you know, how do, how do we tighten the belt? And I'm not saying to have zero fun, you know. People say, well, tomorrow I could get cancer, I could get hit by a bus. That's true. But you want to make sure that if you live to 100, you're not broke at 80 or broke at 75. Right. Yeah, good point. So, you know, you, so you need to have what I would call some balance. You know, you're going to spend some money today, you're going to live for today, but you're also going to save for tomorrow. 
Um, and, and having that balance, I think, is critical right now. Um, and, you know, but knowing where you're spending your money, you know, some monthly expenses, Tony, are obvious. I mean, your mortgage might be your number one expense going out. Maybe you have car debt, student loan payments. Um, but how much do you spend on things maybe that you don't need? I had a client just in here who just, you know, got tickets for Talladega and for Bristol and he loves NASCAR. Oh, you wow. Know? Yeah. But I'm sure they're not, you know, it's not, it's definitely a want. It's not a need. And sometimes you have to tell your clients, look, you know, he was talking about, you know, going into his emergency fund, but he was buying wants. He wasn't buying needs. Yeah. Um, tell him to you know, stay home and watch the movie, Talladega Nights. That's right. That, that was <laughs> some of the, a lot of that was shot right here in Charlotte, Tony. Oh, yeah. But you I mean, it's, it's stuff like that. I mean, can you can you make a cup of coffee at your house or do you have to go to Starbucks and spend six dollars? You know, that might not sound like a lot, but if you do Starbucks every day. Uh, it's a ton of money. Oh, yeah. It adds up quick. But a lot of people. So these are the things. But, you know, can you identify and categorize your expenses? And the people that we have, or I should say a lot of our clients that are not just the engineers, but a lot of them that have done budgets over the long term. I mean, they can tell me every month and for the last 20 years where their money went. And they typically have millions of dollars in investment accounts because they save a ton, um, but they have awareness. So many people have no awareness. You know, they're clueless. They know that they're spending money, but they really couldn't tell you how much or where it's going. Um, and I just feel like that's critical. You know, people out there need to get a handle on their expenses and what they're spending per month. And if you're married, you and your spouse need to do this together because if you if one of you is a big spender and one of you's not, that can cause a lot of problems in your marriage. And again, you need to be open and transparent about it and then work together as a team to create budgeting and then better discretionary savings and investing. Well, you know, it's amazing how these daily expenses can quickly add up to a, a big amount over the course of a month or a year, isn't it, John? It, it truly is amazing, Tony. And spending that seemingly isn't as big or doesn't seem as big at the time takes up a large part of our budget. Um, you know, big expenses like car loan payments, rents, mortgages, you know, you can notice those because there's, you know, it might be a thousand, twelve hundred, twenty five hundred a month. So you're not going to, you know, you, those are kind of right in front of you. But subscriptions that automatically renew, you know, maybe you buy a magazine each month or year or maybe you're signed up for Audible or, you know, these different things that maybe you use or don't use, but they just add up. Uh, anything that's a recurring thing, if I'm not using it, I cancel it, you know? Yep. I mean, you know, some gym memberships, their whole business model is based on those who don't go to the gym. Yeah. You know, Planet Fitness, 10 bucks a month. They could have 9,000 members, but only 800 go. But the other people never cancel because it's 10 bucks a month. Yep. Um, so look at the, you know, look at these, these things that you're not using. And if you're, you know, doing this gym subscription or cable and uh, there's just so many ways you can cut back and you can budget and then take that money and then put that towards retirement. You know, build up your emergency fund, get it to six months or a year. And that really will give you some peace of mind. And then you'll figure out that a lot of the stuff, Tony, you don't really need, you know, and I'm not saying to not do anything fun, but just pick and choose and be specific about it. Don't try to do it all because no one can do it all and you will not waste nearly the amount of money that so many people out there do. Right. And, you know, 
Uh, I'm sure there's surprising transactions in almost everyone's monthly expenses, especially on those credit card statements. Like you said, a $10 reoccurring charge here and there. It's better to be alert just in case. I think that's great advice. Yeah, you have to have awareness. And, you know, shopping list or another thing I like to mention, uh, much like making a budget, a shopping list can be helpful, um, again, so you don't overspend. You know, they say don't ever go into the grocery store hungry either, Tony. Have you ever made that mistake? <laughs> I have made that mistake. <laughs> oh, I, I think if we you all go, have. If you go in there hungry, everything looks good. Yep, exactly. I did that a couple of times. My wife's like, what are you doing? We, we have <laughs> half of this stuff. She's like, take it back to the store. That's um, But if it's not on the list, a lot of times you don't need it. You know, if, if it's a perishable, it's going to go bad. Um, you know, my kids always try to put junk cereal or candy in the cart. They don't need that. Um, yeah, if it's not on the know, list, don't put it in the cart. Exactly. You know, and that's and that applies to a lot of things in life, not just the grocery store. Um, but these are things that people can do out there. Again, and, and, and one of the biggest things I'll tell people is to, you know, pay themselves first because they'll never pay themselves last. And if you're saving a lot, as soon as it hits your account and it comes right out and goes into an investment, then you don't see it, you're not going to spend it. So there's little things like that we can do to kind of condition and kind of save us from ourselves kind of a thing. Um, And I think that's really, you know, positive for people out there. Um, Biggest thing, if people out there need help in budgeting or putting together a cogent plan at A4 Wealth, we're here to help you with that. Um, so many people out there just simply don't have a plan. So you can give us a call. Uh, our local number is 704-509-1141. Um, and get on our calendar for a free consultation or a free second opinion if you already have a plan. And let us see if your plan is on track. All right. That sounds great. These are all great tips. Uh, but we do need to take a quick break. Is there anything you want to add before we go to break here, John? Uh, no, just, you know, I, I would just encourage people not to get discouraged um, and, you know, start a plan. Uh, it's never too late. Even if you're, you know, you feel like you're older in life, there's catch-up contributions. There's things you can do to get called up. So give us a call. Love to help you. 704-509-1141. Do you ever wish you had an owner's manual to help you address and plan for retirement? Well, now you do. Hi, my name is John Balzerak, author of Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies a roadmap for financial independence. If you're like most of my clients, having access to a retirement roadmap could help ease financial concerns and better prepare you for retirement. Creating lifestyles, building legacies will help give you the foundation you need for a successful retirement. Simply call 888-949-7475 or visit us at www.a4wealth.com to receive a complimentary copy today. And welcome back to Creating Lifestyles, Building Legacies. I'm your co-host, Tony Shore, and our host is John Balserac from A4 Wealth Advisors. And just a reminder, if you'd like more information about what you hear during the show, you can give John a call or visit the website. The website is a4wealth.com. That's A4. Is it a4wealth.com, John? Correct. www.letteranumeric4wealth.com. We have a learning library on there. Lots of great information for people to look at. Yeah. And uh, they can go to the radio page, the show page, and they can subscribe to the show as a podcast on Spotify, Google Play, or iTunes. The links are right there. Or right on the site, they can uh, click play and listen to this episode 
and they can go back and listen to past episodes as well. Now, today we're talking about cutting back on spending with tips from a July 2019 article. Uh, It was from uh, The Motley Fool, which is a a great financial resource. They did an article called 33% of Americans slashed their spending this past year. Here's how you can do it. And John, you've been giving us some great tips. Uh, In the first segment, you touched on how important it is to make a budget and how it can impact your spending and help find areas where you can reduce your spending, right? Um, and, and I like how you mentioned making a shopping list as well and sticking to that list. If it's not on the list, it doesn't go on the car, in the cart, whether it's a virtual shopping cart online or a physical one. And I know I've been guilty of that in the past. Well, well we all have, Tony. I yeah. mean, I mean, I think we all have. And the idea is to think, I mean, you know, if you went back just five years or 10 years and you said no to all those things, I mean, you probably have an extra hundred or two hundred thousand dollars in your yep. savings account. You know, oh, yeah. you really would. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's I think another when you think about it, it's big, big time to think about. You know, another tip to reducing your excess spending is to avoid spending for fun. And uh, listen, I like to have fun, just like everybody else. Is there another uh, type of spending? <laughs> <laughs> well, for most Americans, shopping falls into two categories: necessities and entertainment. Just like I was telling you about my NASCAR client. You know, necessities rarely provide an opportunity for savings, um, but entertainment may be an area to cut back. And you know, today, you know, there's just I think people overexpend, um, and it's just become so convenient to spend on things you don't need. It's just too easy. I mean, you go to Amazon Prime, you can do all these different things. You can download, you know, Netflix movies. I mean, it's just it's just so easy and available with technology to spend money where you don't need to spend money. So, you know, shopping for essentials, um, like we said, or going online to shop for, you know, these are all activities, you know, browsing or window shopping, obviously it's fun, but it's also a dangerous temptation for a lot of people. So I would say replacing your window shopping time with a novel or newspaper can help you avoid spending temptations, you know, do something constructive with your time. I even feel with kids today, they, they feel like they have to be constantly entertained. And these video games, you know, every time they want a new skin or this or that, it requires more money. It's like, it's just like they're dumping money into a, a bottomless pit that they're never going to get back. I'm like, John, put that money. I was like, buy some stock with that money. Yeah. Because you're not even going to know what Fortnite is when you're a teenager. You're going to be into something different. Yeah. And that's all just going to be wasted money. Yeah. Good point. Uh, good point. And I believe you have one more tip for us, right? Yes. Um, so one more tip from the article, and then we'll turn our attention to another source. Um, so the final tip is to hide your credit cards. Now that that seems interesting, but uh, you know this bit of advice has been popular in recent discussions about personal finances. I've even read some outlandish suggestions to avoid using your credit cards. Things like locking them away, uh, giving them to a partner or a third party for safekeeping, or even literally freezing them in a block of ice. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, yeah. No matter what type of steps you take to avoid using your credit cards, I think reducing your credit card spending can be very valuable. You know, I mean, the interest rates on some of these cards, Tony, are 32%. Wow. I mean, you know, I wish we could get our clients that kind of return, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's working against you. You know, you can have compound interest work for you or compound interest work against you. And I think, was it uh, Albert Einstein said that, time value of money and compound interest was what the eighth, the eighth wonder of the world. 
Um, the money that makes money makes money, and that can really work for you if you are building assets, or it can work against you if you have too much debt. Yeah. Well, let's go back to something there, though, John. Freezing your credit cards in a block of ice. That seems extreme. Um, yeah, the thought is that you can't use it until it melts. So by the time it melts, you come to your realization that you don't need it. Ah, okay. You know, people have these impulse buys. You know, it's like sometimes, you know, the grocery stores, they put the candy right where you check out. When I'm with my kids, that, that's what they're in deck. And I have bubble gum, dad, you know. And it's hard to say no. Um, you're like, oh, it's just one pack of gum. But you do that over, you know, between the ages of seven and 18. It's a lot of money. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, so there's a little impulse buys that we do every single day. And a lot, we're all guilty of it. It's just, you know, can we, can we do things to save us from ourselves? Um, other things, and I don't know if I talked about this, was um, this was, uh, you know, the most wasteful spending habits among Americans. This was from an article published in 2019, also from Motley Fool. And this study highlights some of the, the lowlights of wasteful spending. Uh, they surveyed more than 1,000 individuals about their spending habits. And we can kind of work through these. Um, and I'm sure a lot of our audience has been guilty of these, okay? Well, I'm not sure about the audience, but I'm sh pretty sure I've been guilty of wasteful spending a time or two, John. Uh, you know, I really thought that Beanie Baby investment was going <laughs> to pay off. <laughs> like like many people did. Um, yeah. And that's a good place to start, Tony. So, you know, first let's define what many of the survey respondents considered wasteful spending. The most commonly cited examples included paying too much for certain fees and paying a higher interest rate on finance terms. Uh, they also included for getting to return things that don't fit or can't be used. Uh, and then consuming excess energy was another wasteful habit that they mentioned. Yeah, and, th and those, yeah, those all seem like valid areas of wasteful spending, but are those the most common areas? You know, the most common waste of money was throwing out leftovers or expired food, wow. believe it or not. Wow. Nearly 70% of the surveys respondents said they frequently engaged in this habit. And this aligns with the United States Department of Agriculture estimated that in the United States, 30 to 40% of the total food supply is wasted. Can you, can you believe that? That is insane. And then you think about all the people that are starving. Yeah. The USDA Sad. also reported that food waste is the single largest component that goes into public landfills. So it's a national challenge, Tony. Yeah, that's huge. Well, what other habits are out there uh, that popped up or were mentioned as the most common wastes of money? Yeah, some of the other habits that made the top 10 included frequent fast food restaurants, um, you know, buying overpriced beverages, and of course, the famous impulse buying. Uh, in their blog, What Motivates Impulse Buying, psychologytoday.com says that some individuals possess a personality trait called impulse buying tendency. And by the way, I think maybe all of us have some of that in us, which makes yeah. it easier to give into that temptation. This often can lead to buyer's remorse, and this ironically brings unhappiness, which is often the very feeling the impulse buyer was attempting to avoid. But yeah, you know, the biggest thing is if you don't need it and you can let that money grow and compound, I mean, what a difference, you yeah. know, especially yeah. over time, you know. So I think for a lot of people, 
you know, it's, it's having that balance and, you know, having awareness of, hey, I'm spending too much money in areas that aren't going to benefit me right. long term. Is there any way that we can try and avoid that impulse buying habit? I think impulse buying now and then uh, in moderation, like I just said, can be harmless, you know. But some people really have a problem with it. I mean, like they do it all the time. And that's why if you go back to the budget, the B word, you can, you can see it in your pie chart. I mean, if, if, if all this excess spending on things you don't need or want are a, a big component of your monthly spend, then you know you need to tighten your belt pretty seriously. And if you're married and you have a spouse or, you know, that maybe that they're, maybe they're the spender and you're not, you need to sit down and talk with them because, uh, you know, you need to put in, you need to change the habit. And, you know, it takes, what, 30 days to change a habit? Um, but you got to stay on top of it. And I think that if people put money away in maybe some different buckets and then looked at that and like, wow, you know, that's how much I saved the last year, then maybe that can become the, the new impulse the saving instead of the spending. And that's something they can get excited about. Yeah. I think that's something great uh, to consider uh, when you're tempted to make a purchase. Ask yourself that, you know, do I really need this? Uh, can I wait? I think that, uh, you know, turning back for uh, to our source for today, you know, one more example of wasteful spending from the survey is paying excessive fees or excessive interest. Um, you know, if you're late on your credit card, I think it can go to almost 34%. I don't know when it, when it becomes loan sharking, but that's pretty close, right? 32, 33%. I mean, that's be. a, yeah. that's a huge, you know? Um, and when was the last time you took the time to compare credit card offers and fees? I mean, people get so busy. We're just, I mean, everything's a million miles an hour today. Don't you feel that way? Yeah. I mean, we're just, everything's a million miles an hour and we just don't take time to smell the roses and slow down and look at our own situation enough to say, hey, I'm spending way too much money there. I need to fix that. Um, or I need to get rid of this card altogether, cut it up, you know. Uh, I need to have a cogent plan to have this paid off by X date. And if your plan's not specific, then you'll keep doing the same old thing over and over uh, the definition, Tony, of insanity is doing the same things over and over, but expecting a different result. And I think a lot of Americans do just that. And yeah. then they buy lottery tickets, which, you know, <laughs> you have one in a $300 million or million chance to hit that. Um, that's probably not going to pan out for you. You'd be better off saving that money, too. Well, yeah. And, I, you know, I think it's also good if you have credit cards to take the opportunity to maximize the rewards and benefits uh, that could help you change spending habits. Uh, why not take full advantage of all the options out there? Yeah, you absolutely do. You definitely want to take advantage of all the options out there. You know, we I use, you know, American Express Platinum and we run up a balance. We pay it in full every month and then we fly yep. free a couple times a year. Um, that's nice. But, you know, so you want to do that. You know, there are so many possibilities out there that can impact your overall financial health. Uh, you know, one of the reasons I wanted to focus on these potential areas of wasteful spending is, you know, what can happen when these habits are adjusted. And it's amazing when you do that. Um, in the survey, respondents were asked what they would do with their money if they wasted less of it. Okay, so 63% said they stress less. Well, you know, I mean, stress causes so many health problems. So 
less stress is always good, right? Uh, about their personal financial situation. You're gonna stress less, that's a good thing. More than half felt that they'd better meet their financial responsibilities. So less personal stress, meeting more obligations financially. And here's the big stuff, 57%, Tony, said they'd invest or invest more, and 61% they'd save more for retirement. So, you know, it's again, taking that same dollar and redirecting it, you know, spending it, and then whatever that good and service is gone or obsolete, versus making that money continue on and and make more of itself. I think it's just, you know, it's common sense, but we want listeners out there to understand that, and again, we want to help people. So, if you're listening to the podcast, give us a call toll free, uh, 704-509-1141. We want you to come in and sit down with one of our advisors. We want to help you. Thank you for listening to Creating Lifestyles and Building Legacies. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact John Balserac of A4 Wealth Advisors. Call 888-949-7475 or visit their website at a4wealth.com. That's the letter A, the number four, wealth.com. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. John Balserzak and A4 Wealth Advisors are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. 